It's Wednesday the 19th of February and this is the Monocle Minute. Today, simmering tensions between Russia and Belarus threaten to boil over. We'll ask Britain's former ambassador in Minsk whether war might be on the cards. For Lukashenko to come out with this very clear statement actually reflecting what was supposed to have been confidential conversations with Putin is striking. It's simply not the kind of thing that people in Lukashenko's position are supposed to do. And just months after an astonishingly strong showing in Thailand's elections, a court ruling may force the dissolution of the newly formed Future Forward Party. Plus, the inside word from this year's Milan Fashion Week. I'm Ben Ryland in London. The Monocle Minute starts now. Ukraine's foreign minister says there are signs of war brewing between Belarus and Russia. Vadim Pristenko's warning comes after the Belarusian president, Alexander Lukashenko, said last week that Moscow is continuing to insist on merging the two countries. John Everard was Britain's ambassador to Belarus. John, how would you describe the recent relationship between Russia and Belarus? I think there's only one word for it bad uh, for Lukashenko to come out uh, with this very clear statement actually reflecting what was supposed to have been confidential conversations with Putin saying that each time uh, they get talking all that the Russians are really interested in is absorption or as the Russians will put it reabsorption of Belarus is striking it's simply not the kind of thing that people in Lukashenko's position are supposed to do Uh, and this has been brewing for a long time I I mean you have to pinch yourself now to remember that uh, only a few years ago uh, uh, the Russians were talking about putting an airbase uh, on Belarusian territory, which, of course, the Belarusians resisted fiercely. And that although Lukashenko was brought to power by not a pro-Russian, but a kind of pro-Soviet wave of sentiment. Uh, people were afraid of the changes that were sweeping in Belarus at the time. They were afraid of the inflation. They were afraid for their livelihoods. Uh, that over time, uh, despite having crushed the nationalist opposition uh, when he first came to power, he's kind of morphed into it. Uh, although uh, his own command of the Belarusian language is comically low, uh, he has become, strangely, uh, the spokesperson for Belarusian nationalism. And by extension uh, of the anti-Russian sentiment that is now sweeping Belarus. Let's just take a look at what uh, President Lukashenko actually said uh, last week. Uh, He said that uh, Russia only understands integration as swallowing up Belarus. He says this isn't integration, it's incorporation. I will never go for this. Uh, Looking at those words, in your view, how credible or perhaps even how imminent is that threat that Russia could actually absorb Belarus? I think that threat is distant. Uh, Lukashenko's position is absolutely clear. He couldn't have stated it more clearly, could he? Uh, And short of the use of military force, uh, which I think is unlikely, frankly, in Russia's current economic and geopolitical uh, predicament, Lukashenko clearly is not going to give ground. The other uh, angle that Russia might try might be a kind of repeat of what they attempted in Ukraine, subversion from within. Their problem there, though, is that uh, Lukashenko, uh, although uh, not everybody loves him deeply, there's no serious threat to his power or his position right now. And of course, everybody in Belarus watched what happened in Ukraine and would be wise to the same moves being tried again.
Ukraine's Minister of Foreign Affairs has also had something to say about this this week. Uh, Vadim Pristeko says that Moscow may act against Belarusian independence and that there is a threat of war between Belarus and Russia. Now, a threat of war is one thing, but as you say, the logistics of war is something completely different. Uh, the situation in Ukraine perhaps isn't going so well. Is that enough of a warning against Russia for taking further action in Belarus as well? I doubt if the Russians would read it that way. It's not, I mean, we sitting here in, in London would agree uh, that the situation in Ukraine is, should we call it, fragile. Uh, but from the Moscow's perspective, it probably looks more like uh, a, a, an attempt to recover sacred Russian territory that is under threat. As for the threat of war with Belarus, uh, you have to remember the Ukrainians have a long track record of predicting Russian wars with all kinds of people. I mean, having sort of been battered by the Russians themselves, uh, they tend to see the same thing happening in other parts of the former Soviet empire. In fact, the situation in Belarus is quite different from that of Ukraine. And I, I suppose all things are possible with Putin, but I think a war is unlikely. John Everard, thank you. To Bangkok now, where a court ruling may have a popular political party fighting for its future. The opposition Future Forward Party will be back in the dock this Friday, fighting for its very survival. The case surrounds a loan from its billionaire leader, which allegedly breached political party funding laws. The fledgling party could be outlawed by the Constitutional Court less than a year after it caused a shock in elections by becoming the third largest party. The FFP was founded on a ticket to remove the military from politics, and this anti-establishment stance has already cost its leader his parliamentary seat. Banning the youth-backed party altogether could lead to street protests in Bangkok, amid rising anger at the government of Prime Minister Prayat Chanocha. The former general, who took power in a coup in 2014, faces a no-confidence motion in Parliament at the end of the month. Although the FFP may no longer exist by then, its MPs will surely still have their say. Finally today, Milan Fashion Week is underway, and while the industry's eyes are busy watching the brands on display, it's not all plain sailing. Here's Monocle's fashion editor, Jamie Waters. Earlier this week, I received a WhatsApp message from an unusually glamorous sender, especially for a Monday morning. It was a voice recording from Alessandro Michele, the fated artistic director of Gucci, providing me, and no doubt the hundreds of other attendees it was sent to, information about the brand's forthcoming runway show. It's certainly a novel approach by the house famed for its playful take on luxury, and it offers an innovative, eco-friendly alternative to the ubiquitous paper invitations. It also brings a certain lightness to the opening day of proceedings at what will be a tense Milan Fashion Week. The recently completed Fashion Weeks in London and New York were noticeably muted due to the absence of Chinese and South Korean visitors. And in Milan, where the schedule is particularly packed with luxury heavyweights who have invested in expensive shows, brands are anxious about whether the whole thing will be worth it. The Chinese market represents nearly one third of luxury spending worldwide and as much as 40% of the customer base for some of the big Italian brands. Yet it's estimated that 1,000 Chinese press and buyers have canceled their European trips. But what's a brand to do? Cancel your show and you miss a key hit of press and social media buzz for the season. The show must go on, it seems, but it's a costly show to run.
My thanks to Jamie Waters. Elsewhere on today's agenda. Pilot season is underway in the United States, but the overall number of new television series orders is dramatically down. The big four networks, ABC, NBC, Fox and CBS, as well as the cable network, The CW, have so far placed orders for 30 new dramas, compared to 36 this time last year. Among the biggest spenders, however, is the youth-leaning network, The CW, which has commissioned its first ever straight-to-series order for a new series focusing on the original superhero, Superman. And Sydney will soon be home to Australia's tallest timber tower. Software giant Atlassian says the design aims to change the tone and look of the country's typical high-rise. Designed with environmental sensitivity in mind by New York's shop architects, together with Sydney favourites BVN, we hope the structure will change the narrative around place-defining architecture in Australia. Read more about today's stories by subscribing to our daily email bulletin at our website. I'm Ben Ryland. The Monocle Minute returns on Thursday.